0: Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, and welcome to the very first episode of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm so happy you're here. I'm Pam Barnhill, homeschool mom of three, author and blogger at edsnapshots.com. And with this podcast, I want to inspire and encourage you, make you laugh, nod your head in agreement, and maybe even learn something new from time to time. Each show, I will interview a homeschooling mom about her challenges and triumphs, what homeschooling looks like in her home, and about what inspires and encourages her. My goal is to keep the episode short, under 30 minutes, because if you're like me, and I know you are, I know you're busy. Hopefully, We will become your companion while you clean up the kitchen or get a few minutes in for a little exercise, or maybe just collapsing on the couch, if that's more your style. Every few weeks, there will be a new episode of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast with a new fascinating homeschool mom. I've already recorded a number of these and am so excited about how encouraged I am by what has been on their hearts. To make sure you don't miss an episode, you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or head to homeschoolsnapshotspodcast.com, enter your email in the subscribe box there, and I will be sure to send you an email whenever a new episode is available. This week, we are starting off the podcast with a series of interviews. Over the next five days, there will be a new episode each day with homeschool moms who have a message that I really wanted to share with you. In today's episode, I have the honor to talk with Janice Campbell, author of The Excellence in Literature Curriculum, and mom of four homeschool graduates. Janice and I will talk about why modeling creativity and your own passions is so important for the homeschool mom. I was inspired by my interview with Janice and appreciate that someone who has finished the race is willing to encourage those of us still in the trenches. I think you will be inspired too. Janice Campbell is a mom of four boys, all of whom she homeschooled through high school. Now, she focuses her time on being a proud grandma and entrepreneur. She is the author of Transcripts Made Easy, The Homeschooler's Guide to High School Paperwork, and the five-year Excellence in Literature Curriculum for grades 8 through 12. She is also the director of the National Association of Independent Writers and Editors and creator of the Beat the Clock Essay Workshop. Hi, Janice, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Pam. I'm so glad to have you on today. Oh, it's just awesome. Well, could you start off by telling me a little bit about your family? I have
1: the nicest family ever, although I'm sure everyone else thinks theirs is too. My husband, Donald, and I've been married, well, actually in two days, it will be 33 years. Oh, happy anniversary. And we have, oh, thank you, we have the four boys, and they're fully grown now, the youngest One's 23, and then they go 25, 28, and 30. And boy, when your oldest child turns 30, you start feeling like a real grown up. (laughs) And two of them are married, the middle two are married, and we have two of those darling, darling grandchildren, Imogen and Ira, and they're two and four. And I have just enjoyed, you know, seeing them. Start to take an interest in books. I think that came with birth. I don't think anybody's allowed in our family unless they love books and Mm -hmm. reading. So it's been a joy to read with them and see how their parents work with them, and you know, sharing life that way. And my daughters-in-law are absolutely wonderful, too. I forgot to mention that. I have the most wonderful daughters-in-law. They're just as sweet as they can be. And they include me and invite me and, you know, share life with me. And I've been so grateful for that because not having any girls of my own. Oh, yeah. You know, you have this little hint of worry about your daughters-in-law. Will they like you and want you to come along? But they've been so sweet. And I'm just so grateful.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, can you tell me a little bit about how you got started homeschooling? Well, we
1: lived on a street corner right next to where the little yellow school bus came or the big yellow school bus came and picked up children. And my oldest son just loved the idea of getting on the yellow school bus and going away. And I had grown up. I'm very much, you know, I grew up as an only child. So I'm very much of an introvert. I'm very much of a quiet person. I love being alone. And so I'd grown up with the idea in the back of my mind that it would be just wonderful, you know, when the kids got old enough to go to school and get on the yellow school bus and you wave bye-bye and pick them up in the afternoon and everything. Well, Mm -hmm. as I watched that bus going each day, I realized I didn't want to say goodbye to my son Mm. or any of my sons, really, because by that time I had, you know, a couple and I didn't want to see them going away every day, and they were bright little boys. They were ahead of themselves. They were deeply engaged with learning, passionate about what they were, you know, reading and studying and stuff like that. Even as little children, they would one of them would lie in front of the tape player by the hour listening to literature, Mm -hmm. even as very, very young children. So I didn't want to see that go away, and I remembered how incredibly bored I was in school. (laughs) everything. I always say, everything I learned in school, I learned from what I took and read myself. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much true. And as I got older, I would actually not go to school. I ended up in the section for at-risk kids one year because they didn't know what else to do with me. So I had the feeling that my boys would be possibly labeled at least one or two of them. And so I started thinking about homeschooling. And my sister-in-law and my husband's brother had been homeschooling, and I knew other people who had, and I always thought they were just crazy. <laughs> um, really? I mean, who would do that when they could send their children off and get a good education and so forth? But then I, when I got to thinking about it, realistically, the education, the quality of it, really wasn't all that wonderful, and I didn't want to send them. So that's how I got started. I started looking for books about it and back then... It was the late 1980s, which dates me severely. There really wasn't much to look for. I found right. John Holt's work and Raymond and Dorothy Moore's books, Better Late Than Early, and that sort of thing. But there really wasn't much. And so started out
0: sort of winging it. And it mm-hmm. was fun. And it was fun enough that you did it all the way through.
1: Uh, We did. We did. We went all the way through into early college. We started doing CLEP exams and all that stuff when they hit their teens, and some of them did more than others. But it was just way more fun than I could have anticipated. And of course, challenges too, but it was still overall a very positive, joyous experience.
0: Right. Well, thinking back on your homeschool days, I'm going to start you off with an easy multiple-choice question. Thinking back on your homeschool days, your homeschool days were most like which literary classic? Would it be A, The Odyssey, B, Little Women, C, Swiss Family Robinson, or D, Lord of the Flies?
1: (laughs) Oh, my. I would say it would have to be a cross between Little Women and Swiss Family Robinson.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, are your boys going to listen to this?
1: One of the things I loved, and the little women, was how they got together and they played stories. They did mm-hmm. skits. They did tableau. They made things. They were always creating and doing, and very often for other people. And my boys were very much like that. Yeah. And we were constantly whacking something together out of nothing because we had no budget in those days. Mm-hmm. And so that was where the Swiss family Robinson came from. Plus, they looked like they were the Swiss family Robinson half the time with, you know, raggedy whatever to run around in the woods in because play clothes, mm-hmm. very, very, you know, basic. Almost and so... Almost essential <laughs> for homeschooling. Be, you know, right. You've got to have the rags <laughs> so that they can run around. And I would tell them, you know, if you come in and you take off your clothes and they can stand up by themselves in the corner, they have to come in the laundry room. <laughs> So.
0: Yeah, I imagine that was the way it was with four boys. So I know you spend quite a bit of time at homeschool conventions. So if you were walking down the aisle of the homeschool convention vendor hall and you turned the corner and you ran into the younger version of yourself, what would you tell her?
1: Focus on the things that matter most and manage your time so that you're focused on the things that matter most. So many times, As a homeschool mom, you're facing these competing demands there and also the competing opportunities. You can, if you want to, go out every day and do co-ops and sports and choir and all these things, and you can fill your schedule and your time with lots of good things. But if you're not focused on what really matters, the relationships, building that love of learning and that sort of thing... Everything can become sort of a Mm merry-go-round and you end up just running, running, running and losing sight completely of the goal of raising children who love learning, raising children who enjoy being with family and developing your personal gifts so that you can pursue your calling at a later date.
0: Awesome. I like that answer. Well, you you mentioned um, John Holt's book, and you mentioned Raymond and Dorothy Moore's Better Late Than Early. What one homeschool book would you say influenced you the most as you were homeschooling?
1: Susan Schaefer McCauley's For the Children's Sake. Oh,
0: that's a good one.
1: Was I loved that book, and I have given out so many copies. It's absolutely ridiculous. I could possibly kept it in print all by myself <laughs> because... It's not a book that lays out, you know, what to do every day and all of that sort of thing. It's a book that casts a vision Mm -hmm. that can keep you inspired and going. And plus, it leads you right into Charlotte Mason's wonderful series. And the more you read that, the more you find in it, really. Mm -hmm. So
0: I, I just, I loved For the Children's Sake. That was a great one. Yeah, I read that one a number of years ago and loved it. What was the biggest challenge that you faced when you were homeschooling your boys?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, it's probably similar to what most moms face, you know, keeping my eyes on the things that mattered most, because during the years that we were homeschooling, we were also caregiving for my grandparents. We kept my grandfather until he passed away with Alzheimer's, so the last few years were dementia. And then we had my grandmother for a total of about 18 years. Mm. And so that was most of the boys growing up years. Right. And I'm so grateful we had the opportunity, but I cannot tell you how hard it was. (laughs) You know, and so you're constantly feeling like a wishbone. You're pulled and tugged. And if you're doing a really fabulous job homeschooling, chances are because I tend to be a person who focuses narrow and deep and so mm-hmm. when I focus on something everything else disappears mm-hmm. so if I'm doing a fabulous job homeschooling I'm neglecting my husband or the house is falling apart or some other disaster's happening and then plus during that period in time well I've written all my life and I've always you know I've always felt it was sort of a calling I just I can't not write hardly and it's just And I knew that it was something that I needed to do. Of course, there's that, the tug of, should I be spending time on this? But that's another topic altogether. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the greatest challenge was just keeping my eye on what I really wanted to do. And there was one verse that I kept in mind, you know, all through that time. And it was Ephesians 4.32, be kind one to another, Mm -hmm. tender hearted, Forgiving one another, mm-hmm. even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. That was the grace I wanted from my family, and so I felt like I might not be able to keep a perfect house. I might not be able to be the most amazing homeschool teacher ever. I might, you know, I might forget lots of things. But if I could be kind, right, we would, you know, the whole family atmosphere changes when there's kindness and love.
0: Right, so, and uh, you know, it—that was what th- we did. I think we all struggle with balance. You know, I'm like you. I focus narrow and deep. But I think every one of us as homeschool moms struggle with balance. And I love the way you take it back to just the very basic thing you need to do and that kindness because we've got to model that for our kids. As a homeschool mom, what was one thing you really rocked? What was one thing you were really great at?
1: I think imparting a love of learning and being generally excited about learning and sharing my strengths with literature and history and big-picture learning as opposed to, I'm not a picky little detail person, I'm a big-picture person. And Mm -hmm. it seems like most of the boys have, you know, gotten that to one degree or another, and they all still enjoy learning. And to me, that was kind of the definition of being a successful homeschool mom was, you know, if your children still love learning, if they still want to spend time with family and everybody has some pretty decent memories about homeschooling, that mm-hmm. you probably did okay. Awesome. So yeah, literature and writing and reading and love for learning.
0: Right. Well, speaking of literature, I want to ask you, what was your favorite family read aloud ever?
1: Oh my. <laughs> I know that's a hard question. <laughs> that, is, that is one of the hardest questions one that just returned to me recently, top of the mind, was The Chosen by, I think it's Kaim Potok, mm-hmm. and that was excellent. Of course, Seven Alone, or The Children on the Oregon Trail, I forgot what the exact title is. I think it's Seven Alone. That was also a title that moved us. Oh, my goodness. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Well, you I'm, know when you talk to people who are passionate about it, it's so hard to pick. It's like picking your favorite child.
0: Yes. <laughs> Almost impossible. Um, well, you've given me two that I have not heard of before. So I'll be excited to check those out and see what those are about. Yeah. Well, you talk about, I was poking around on your website, and you say on your About page that you write with the heartfelt goal of helping other moms focus on things that matter. And then you list family, home, Literacy, Creativity, Growth, Entrepreneurship, and Service. You know, that's a pretty eclectic list for moms. So why do you think it's important for a mom who might be homeschooling four or five or or more kids to make time for things like creativity or entrepreneurship or service?
1: Well, your children, you're kind of the textbook they read first. And I grew up, my grandparents raised me. I was so blessed to have that. Experience. My grandmother was very, very organized and she loved handwork. And she showed me how to, just by her life, she didn't talk about it, but she showed me how to manage time and organize your time and your energy and your resources so that you would have time each day to do something creative. Every single evening, we'd sit and daddy'd read aloud to us and we would do handwork. And that started when I was a little tiny kid. I learned to embroider and crochet and do all sorts of things. And I made gifts for others. Doing that, that was what I saw my grandmother doing. And I wanted to do that too. My grandfather, you know, he had an organic garden across the street and he would take me over. And so I learned the delight of doing things like that. And I learned to watch the joy that they had, the refreshment they had of spirit when they came back, and I wanted to model that for my children because I've seen families where it's all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, in a sense, Mm -hmm. and the children are not learning how to negotiate the challenges of bringing in balance, how to be a whole human being, a whole person without neglecting what you have. I think back in the olden days, I speak of the olden days, anything before we were born, right? Yes. <laughs> Maybe not quite that old, but society was not quite as child-centric. Children didn't have to be entertained and such. And I think I was kind of at a transitional period of that where I had quite a bit of time to entertain myself, And mm-hmm. but the ways that of entertaining that I saw being done around me, my grandparents specifically. It was constructive and creative, and it showed me how to enjoy doing things that were also profitable instead of just filling time with something that was just empty entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I really feel like it's important for parents to model joy in doing the constructive and fun things. And also, it's just If you don't have those moments of delight breaks, sometimes you just start having a hard time being kind. Right. So that was one of my signals, though. If I was getting out of balance and if I felt like I was going to be crabby or short with one of my children because I wanted to do what I wanted to do, I purposed that that would be my signal to quit for the day because I didn't want that attitude to be part of my life. So, you know, that was one way I kind of kept the. The focus in the right place, hopefully.
0: And do you think by giving yourself, you know, by letting that be your signal and giving yourself permission to say, okay, we're going to stop and Mama's going to do what she needs to do over here to fill her cup, do you think that that made those kinds of days fewer for you, the need for that kind of time oh. less for you?
1: Yes. And I, I learned, you know, just from my grandmother's example, mostly to schedule in time with the Lord first thing in the morning before they woke up. So there were cushions in my day of time. But what I really wanted was to model following a calling. For example, writing was, I did feel that was a calling, but the discipline to be who I needed to be while I was still doing it. Because I think if you approach it as a calling or as a way of staying whole and delighted with life and joyous. But you still have the consciousness that it can overwhelm and take over and become selfish, you will be very careful. I don't think, I think if you maintain just a careful watch on yourself and make that stopping point, if you feel that crabby moment coming, you stop what you're doing and go do something with them or go fix dinner or go do something.
0: Well, I know that you are probably gearing up for conference season coming up soon. And I wanted to know if there were any special projects or anything that you had going on that you wanted to share with us today.
1: Well, we got the McGuffey Readers republished, and we got the George Herbert Poetry Analysis book republished. And and kind of just updating transcripts made easy a little bit. It doesn't need, information about transcripts doesn't need changing that, that often. But there were just a few little things I wanted to add and a few new counselors that I wanted to talk to and include some comments from.
0: Before we go today, I wanted to give you a little pop quiz. Uh, Do you think you're up for it? Okay. Awesome. We'll do our best. (laughs) All right. Well, just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Coffee or tea? Coffee. A little bit country or a little bit rock and roll? Rock and roll. (laughs) Well-trained mind or Unschoolers Anonymous? Oh, my. (laughs) Um, Halfway in between. (laughs) (laughs) You would be surprised at how often I get that answer. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Craft or read aloud? Craft. Lap book or workbook? Lap book. Co-op or stay home? Stay home. Spoken like a true introvert. Bed made or unmade? Yes, absolutely. What's that? Bed made or unmade? Which one was that? Bed always me. Bookmark or dog ear? Bookmark. Sonnet or haiku? I'm not a heretic,
1: my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Sonnet. <laughs>
0: You'd have to be a heretic, a dog ear book. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are just books that are well loved. <laughs> well, oh, that's funny. Janice, where can people find you online? I have three main places
1: you can find me. One is the publishing site with all my books. It's everydayeducation.com. And I have a blog on homeschooling and education in general. That's janicecampbell.com with a hyphen between Janice and Campbell because someone else got the Janice Campbell with no hyphen first. (laughs) And I have doingwhatmatters.com, which is kind of about entrepreneurship and the way you spend your time. The last couple of posts I've posted are about time management and I think a lot about time because if you're going to spend it on what matters, you've got to kind of keep an eye on it. So those are the three main places. And then we have excellenceinliterature.com, which is a resource site for the curriculum. Oh, I'm all over the place, kind
0: of. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we will link to all of those in the show notes and make it super easy for everyone to find you. So thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you. I had fun. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you. Good luck with the podcast. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Thanks so much. Well, that's it for today's interview. I hope you were just as encouraged as I was. I'm so looking forward to being with you each episode as we learn together from other homeschool moms. For today's show notes with links to everything Janice and I discussed, head to homeschoolsnapshotspodcast.com and look for episode one. I'd love to know what you thought of today's show, so leave me a comment there. I really want this podcast to inspire and be helpful to you, so be sure to let me know your suggestions. And if there is a particular homeschool mom you would like to hear from, drop her name and I'll see what I can do. Finally, if you enjoyed the podcast, it would be a big blessing to me for you to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It only takes a moment, and it really encourages iTunes to share the podcast with even more people. If you go to homeschoolsnapshotspodcast.com, there is a place where I walk you through how to do that, and I thank you for helping me spread the word. Thank you, too, for listening today. I'm so looking forward to this first season of Conversations, and I hope you join me again. Until then... Keep on homeschooling.